my birthday. Shatter my yacht. It's all I got. You're just jamming out, man. We're doing it. Well, have you heard the song yet? No, uh, well, I mean, I've heard the song, but I, I did, haven't heard it in the context of your birthday or waiting for me. It's all I got. Sorry. Okay. Here we go. My guest tonight. No, we have to have a little bit. Of, we have to have a little bit of this light. A little bit of this light. Here we go. This is this is either like fantastic art direction or the weirdest thing I've ever done. But I don't know. why can't it be both? It's both. I'm actually tapping back into this kind of like, by the way, welcome to the show. This is Anna Fine, uh, the coolest, most awesome chick I know. Who's going to one day get me a job that's going to pay the bills. One day. <laughs> oh, I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah. One, one day at a time. Uh, so thank you for being here. Uh, previously, you were a design director at RGA, at Jota 5. You're now at Instacart, which is really exciting. I'm very yeah. happy for you, so... We're gonna make sure that we, we leave that off the table for now since it's kind of a, a thing, but we have plenty to talk okay. about. If you want to, we can. Wait, whatever you, you want, man. <laughs> well, it's your birthday. First, well, I know, I know. I'm so happy. Well, at first I wasn't really thinking about it because like calendars are not necessarily like my, my strong suit kind of thing. Uh, especially during and quarantine. Then, yeah, especially. <laughs> I, I didn't like, really have any idea to like to begin with, but my wife would always go to work in the morning. So I would have like, you know, kind of a general idea and now i'm just thoroughly confused i was like what day is it today's my birthday oh it's my birthday fuck that's so cool no i know I, so. yeah i'm fully anticipating a quarantine birthday myself so what when is it i should know in but, june uh, it's in june oh yeah you're in for it my sister's may 15th she's definitely in for it oh, gotta yeah. say not not bad though it's kind of nice like the whole family kind of came to me right there on the couch and uh, uh by the way do you have a drink do you have a drink with you or no um I have water because I realized about two minutes ago, I was like, shit, I didn't get a drink. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to drink on his birthday, but we can do it after. So okay, it's probably sure, better. Sure. I have a clear head anyway. Yes, for sure. No, I, I had Seth Godin uh, was all water. And then like the next night I had like a beer or two and it felt kind of weird. But tonight's my birthday. So I'm just going to be, be real quiet and real like out of the way and secretly I'm just going to be but like I'm gonna line up good questions, so it'll be perfect. Let's okay. no, no, no. Let's not kid ourselves. You're never quiet, <laughs> like never quiet. Never, That's okay, no, no. and neither am I. You know, like we just have yes. to call a spade a spade. Okay, so I guess Great. for people that that are new to you, that do, do not know, not yet know the magic of Anaphine, uh what are you up to? Where have you? Where have you been? What are you doing now? Uh, Spark notes. Spark notes, right? Um, so I'm gonna find my computer charger, but go ahead. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Do you? Um, yes. Last time we spoke, I was in LA. I was freelancing an anomaly or at anomaly. Right. I have to tell you, it's very weird speaking to a blank screen. <laughs> Just <laughs> throwing that out there. Um, but there you are. Yeah. So I was in LA. I was freelancing at anomaly. Um, I flew back to New York uh, to work at Policy Genius for three months. Um, and I did like a full rebrand slash uh op slash product thing for them uh mm -hmm. and then uh my contract ended literally the week that uh this whole thing blew up so yeah i remember that i was like oh no <laughs> i am going to be unemployed for a very long time um and by some like crazy whatever of the world and the universe lining up um i was finishing up a job 
um, for Graystar, uh, which is my mom's company, helping people mm -hmm. find business or find work through her business. Um, and then uh, Instacart needed people. I mean, they're, the demand, they're, they're technically right now an emergency service. So they're technically a uh, required service for everyone. And in, in, in yes. doing so. Um, Essential workers. That's it. Thank you. You knew what I was getting at. <laughs> So because of that, their their demand went up like an insane amount and they're just running around like crazy trying to make, meet everyone's demands. Um, and so it just worked out that I could help them with that. So it's yeah. been crazy, but good, but really yeah. good. So, yeah. On our first conversations, you really um, were very transparent with me about, you know, your, your journey and about the design field. So for people that are just kind of starting out, and that's more or less who this podcast is for, um, what would you, if you were like, you know, like you're in this mess right now, you're either fresh out of school or you just recently graduated. Yeah. It was confusing before all this shit happened. So now it's going to be like super confusing. Um, yeah. where would you yeah. start when, how did you start your own journey? Too? You know, that is, that is a really good question. Um, so I started by going through my teachers. Um, I got my first job um, through, uh, through an internship that my teacher had gotten me. Um, and then from there, uh, I did this senior luncheon at my school, um, which is like a, you sit at a table all day and a bunch of people come to you and ask you, uh, to take you through the, your portfolio. Um, and I was able That's to get work through that. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, man, I can't tell you how stressful that was. It, it, was, yeah. it obviously was lucrative because I, um, was able to get a job out of it. But um, yeah, my, t my teachers have have been and always will be like the number one way for me to have gotten a job um, in my early career. Uh, that said, right now is insane. Um, the people, some of the most talented people I know are out of work and that makes it all the more competitive, all the harder to get. Yeah. So um, you, as a someone starting out, you have to play to your strengths, right? And your strengths being that you are cheap, to be honest, like you're, you're a cheaper resource than someone who's more senior. Um, if you're really good at what you do, then um, you can market yourself as someone who is um, autonomous and able to take on more of the work yourself. So there's not as much handholding more than ever, it's gonna be harder for managers in particular to be able to hold your hand and show you how to do the work that you need to do. So, or, or how to mm. learn new programs or anything like that. So- right. They can't stand on their shoulder anymore, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So the more autonomous you are, the more you're able to um, own your work, the better. So I would say the, the, the twofold is play to your strengths if you are, if you are, good at what you do and are able to own more of the work call that out spell that out tell people that you can do that if you have past work experience where that where someone can vouch for that definitely um call that out as well use them as a reference lean on your teachers um you know if you it, it more than likely especially um at the university level those teachers have um, connections to people who are employed or own their own studios or something like that so they are able to get right. you into a network that you maybe wouldn't have been able to get into. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that the uh, 
the actual application of like applying online and putting your CV in and all of that is probably going to be um, so hyper competitive, you, you're probably going to be looked over. So the yeah. more you can go through your network or someone else's network, someone who can vouch for you, the better. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, kind of uh, my friend Jessica Lamison, who's recently in the podcast, she has a thing about like the offline application and kind of just, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's so funny. I realized recently on the, on the show, I keep kind of reusing like the same words over and over again. And one of the, or the same phrases at least. And one of the things I keep saying over and over again is, uh, a nuanced conversation. I feel like if somebody could like make, I'm afraid that one day someone's going to make like a, like a clip thing of all the times I say the same thing over and over again. But Why don't you just it, make it for yourself and own it? Just own it. Right? Get ahead like, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's, Brilliant idea. I love it. this. By the way, this is why we hang out, people, because she's just talking about <laughs> ideas. Um, no, but nuanced conversation, like going out and talking about it and not being like, oh, my God, like, Anna, could you introduce me to somebody at Droga? You must know people like not just get that shit out of the way because it never fucking works. And then kind of hug that line between those two spaces. The one the one side of it being like your like what you're saying and just kind of like blindly just throwing it into the abyss, doing monster.com and like not really making yeah. any connections but just come from a place of like i want to learn can you maybe like point me in the right direction and then allow that person yeah. room to breathe and wiggle room because if you're doing anything other than that you're just going to kind of freak people out you know the way that i've gotten jobs um in the past have been anything from um just reaching out to a person and not even mentioning a job at all just being like hey um I'm a designer. I'm a young designer. I'm looking to get like experience as well as, you know, um, advice. I would love for you to look through my work. I, or just to pick your brain and, and that don't use that phrase. Cause it's yeah, like such a faux pas, but like, you know, just to what, like get to know a person. And honestly, right. um, most of those people ended up becoming friends, um, or, or mentors or something along those lines where it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a succubus relationship it wasn't it was more symbiotic it was it was much more about um how i can help them and they help me in return and and in the process of that i've i've grown my network and i've grown the people that i can reach out to for when i do need a job or you know honestly nowadays i just kind of say hey i'm done with my job not sure what's next and then someone reaches out to me um yeah. which is amazing so uh, if you if you kind of like, if you put it out there, you know, and ask for it in, in the sense of like, I'm just looking for what's next, and not so much of I'm looking for this job right now. Most yeah. people are, more, are willing to reciprocate that for sure. Yeah, like just like genuine enthusiasm for things too. I remember yeah. like the first time that I met Joanne Chan, who by the way, I don't do you know her by the way? I know you know a lot of people. I do. So she's the CEO of Turner Duckworth, They're like packaging and branding and all that yeah. stuff. They did like the Miller Lite rebrand. They did the Amazon yeah. logo, uh, Coca-Cola. And I had seen their stuff like over the years, stalked it on Pinterest again. Um, but I remember like when I met her, I would like, we had such an instant connection because I was like, yo, I, I fucking like, I love your work. I love it. Like it's like, I switched from drinking Bud Light to drinking Miller Lite because your can looks so good. And it I'm was sure so like, but you would think that somebody would like, that somebody would like fold up. Like somebody would be like, oh man, that's that's weird. But people like bust their ass all the time. And a lot yeah. of times, like if you want to work somewhere, you're like, yo, like honestly, I would give my right arm to come work for this company. What you did with such and such product, like 
don't be weird about it. Like, again, like kind of hugging the line, pulling from both sides. But like that genuine enthusiasm goes a long way and really opens up a lot of doors because it's like, there's not that many people out there that are, that are going to, like everyone is cool, calm and collected and calculated. But like, you're almost better off going like the opposite way and showing like, yeah. let, it, I'll let a little bit of that excitement shine through and they'll be like, you know what, like we'll give this kid a chance. He has a reasonable rate, you know what I mean? And I think the people are gonna have to really eat humble pie, if you will. You know, I think that these astronomical yeah. day rates are gonna be, there's a lot of people in for a rude awakening, I feel like in the coming months. It's less about making the right amount of money because um, honestly, like you're, you're going to get paid for the service that you do regardless. Um, yeah. What, what's going to be more of a eating of the humble pie, so to speak, is yeah. the type of job you get. You may, you may want like this big fancy name on your resume. And honestly, most of those big fancy places are really fucking feeling it right now. And they're not oh, yeah. looking to hire. So yeah. what do you do then? Right. So yeah. you're going to have to, eat humble pie and go to a place that actually needs your services, which yeah. is maybe not how students coming into their career imagined their careers going from the get, but that's where they're going to be needed. That's where they're going to get money. That's where they're going to get a job. If there are companies that you are really looking to work for, you should still let them know like reach out to them, send them your work, let them know like, hey, I know things are super crazy right now. On the off chance you're hiring, would love to work for you. But if not, when things are all said and done, I'd love to have a meeting with you. Like right. just put it out there, let them know that, um, that, that you're interested, that this is something, that, especially if it's a dream job, like let them know, let them know that you're interested. And um, like Anomaly, I, <laughs> I applied so many times before I actually worked there. Um, and was it weird when you finally got there? They were like, "Hey, you made it!" Or well, was it all different people applied. Well, kind of. Like I had applied when I first graduated, and they were they interviewed me. I like went in and I met with them, and they were like, "We're just not looking to hire someone as junior as you right now." And I was like, "Oh fuck, okay." Right. <laughs> um, and then over the course of like seven or eight months, I would email the recruiter once a month, and I would be like, "Hey." just checking in, you know, or if you're looking for more junior talent, I'm still here, you know, still right. interested. Um, yeah. And ironically, the after the seventh month, um, I stopped messaging. I was like, I don't want to be annoying. I've messaged him like seven or eight times now. Um, so I just stopped calling and uh, yeah. they called me. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. So there's that's a metaphor for goes. life in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely like yeah. a, the lighthouse that, effect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you gotta. Well, I think what happens, and even in, in my experience too, like I always wanted to, like, get into. Like for me, I always had like this weird dream, and now it seems kind of like silly because I have a lot of friends that are in that space, and, and and you realize that they all put their pants on one leg at a time. It's really not that fucking big of a deal. But like at the time, I really wanted to get on the radar of like Facebook, and I was like, you know, like if I could just be like Julie Zhu, if I could just be part That's of like, everyone. And, and then I like met them and they're all like super, super normal. And then I just felt kind of like silly because it's like, you just realize it's like, no matter like how big it seems, they still have to like deal with these kind of everyday problems. And I think like to your point before, um, just having empathy for people and just like wanting to, to focus on the work, not so much of like the, the corporate landscape that existed before, because frankly, that's probably never going to look the same. And if it is, it, it will be based on the work, not on, you know, I don't think yeah, be, yeah. yeah. You said something on 
I forgot if it was on like Twitter or Instagram or whatever, but it really resonated with me talking about like taking your emotions. I forgot like how you worded it, but it was basically like taking your emotions out, out of things, but yeah. also like st standing up for what you believe in without being like an emotional, like, you know, bitch about it. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> you know, like I'm not trying to say it like that, but you know what I mean? Like, no, totally. But again, like, you know I mean? the only reason I was able to tell you that is because I got emotional myself. Like I've been there yeah. and I've made the mistake. I flipped the whole table over. So I, oh, that's what it was. I said oh I my God. flipped the whole table over. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Yeah. I was and, ready to get sued. I was ready to go full tire king. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I, I oh. have been in that situation um, for various reasons. Uh, one reason would have been I just wasn't being given the right support by my company to be able to do my job as effectively as I would have liked. Um, I didn't know it at the time. I, I t it took me leaving for me to kind of find that like epiphany. Um, the the second another reason or rather would be uh, sexism. To be frank, um, I have dealt so with that. Real. Listen, if you don't think Amen. it's real, real quick, I just want to say for for all the guys that hear this out there and and they, and they're like, oh, like yeah, 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 we get it, like feminism, whatever. I fucking dare you. Go online and go on LinkedIn and type in any company from from A to Z in the dictionary, any major league, big company, all these like diversity and all this different stuff. Go look it up. Go look it up, and you find me how many women you find on on the board i'm telling you this shit is fucked yeah. well so it's a catch-22 right like on the one hand um there aren't a lot of women at the top bottom line um right. on the other there are definitely people who are actively looking to put women in those roles but um unfortunately because there's such slim pickings um the same women keep getting picked for the various jobs instead yeah. of supporting other women to take on the uh, a more advanced role and grow into that job right. mind you there come with, with that comes growing pains which is why especially at that level you're not really gonna have that many people willing to take a risk mm -hmm. um but it's it's an unfortunate um symptom of a larger problem which as you pointed out is that there's just not enough women being represented in in especially um management roles it's so funny because like whenever you're like as a as a as a white person speaking from a place of privilege people are automatic automatically they're like i'm out i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it but there are real like systemic problems in the same way that are like just like a whole like b bunch of other areas in our country like this is like a real problem and it's something that i see but like i don't mm -hmm. exactly know what to like to do because I'm not in the leadership position, so I can't make that right. role. And, and then I wonder why it keeps happening. And then and then our industry is just like, oh, like, bravo, bravo. We're doing such a good jo job of diversity. Like, shut the fuck. Like, no, you're fucking not. You're not. Well, so it's a, it, well, you're, what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What So what you're asking, there's, there's kind of a, there's kind of a trick question, right? Because you're saying, why do we have sexism at the toppest levels? <laughs> and uh, as one person who has experienced sexism, I can't speak for all instances of sexism, right? right. Um, but what I can say <laughs> definitively is there are things that we can do from the bottom levels that can help with the 
larger problem that's happening from the top down. Right. So we can't, we can't like, we can do well, we can try as best as we can to force our managers and our CEOs and whatever else to hire women in these positions. Um, but what's going to help more than anything is um, empowering women at a certain level to learn management skills, to learn um, direction skills, to learn um, uh, problem solving skills uh, that we otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to do. And to do that, um, to have those opportunities, you as a junior, mid, senior level person who is just getting their footing and, and has aspirations of getting to a management level, ask them for advice, lean on them, treat them like a manager, treat them like a director, use them as a, as a resource so they can learn the skills that they need to in order to be given the opportunities to, to be in management, to be yeah. at that level. Yeah. So it, it like I can't I can't speak to how every every sexism in you know issue in an right. office ever um, can be resolved. But what I can say is empowering the people, especially women or people of color at a certain level, which is somewhere between senior and middle management, giving them the the opportunity to grow into those roles is enough for them to get a footing to be able to have those opportunities later. And, and take on more senior roles. So we're not just selecting a very select group of women um, for the same roles at different companies. We're instead yeah. growing the, the pool of potential candidates. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's good. that would be my two cents. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but for sure. And, and I think like, you know, like one of the things that I think about is if I get to a place down the road where I become like some Chase Jarvis type character, right? Like I've, I've, got a, I've got a building, I've got like resources, I've got a production company, you know, yep. somebody, I got my own like D-Rock, follow me with a camera kind of thing, I got all that stuff. But I would think nothing of having like, a, like, like women left, right and center in my company, like you, like Joanne Chan, there have been so many people that have been in my life that I look up to that I think they're like powerful women, but then you look online and you see like by the numbers that's not happening. Do you think that that women are being blocked from those roles though? So what you're asking is a complicated question. So let's let's take this back out of I'm context. Also an idiot, of by the way, for anyone who's listening. Who you are not. I'm... Stop that. So so taking it out of context of, of the particular immediate question. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. The there's a larger problem that is happening that that's preventing someone that that particular person that woman or person of color becoming or t getting that role i was in this diversity training and um there we were talking about the sats and in my mind coming from a very academic background um you you take a test it's the same baseline you uh you get a number a score everyone tests the same answers the same questions they all have the same baseline to work from Therefore, it seems fair, but right. it's not. It's not fair because when you have questions like, um, you know, uh, little Sally likes Cheerios in her Oregon whatever house and she travels right. five miles a day, how fast does it take her? Right. Someone who lives in Detroit who comes from a family that or lives in an orphanage or whatever, like whatever yeah. it is, they're not going to have the same experience as this other person 
in Oregon who understands the context of this question and therefore can't answer it in the same way and maybe gets a different answer or maybe gets it wrong. So right. the- Like the white kid in the cul-de-sac and then the kid in the inner city, they're two fundamentally different lives. Exactly. And then it's all, so, that's everywhere in every state in our country. Exactly. So yeah. because, so even though they're answering the same question, they're starting at a different baseline. So the baseline is, is a farce. It's not, it, you can no longer measure one-to-one. -one. The same is true for sexism in the work environment or for um, racism in the work environment, right? You're having, you're, you're, you have a bunch of white people or men or both who are, who come from a background where they've been given a lot, whatever they ask for. Um, they probably had a good education, they had a good loving family, they, or they, you know, maybe they didn't have a loving family, maybe they just had a lot of opportunities that were given to them because like socioeconomic opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I paid attention to history class. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> nice. Um, but they're, they're, they're met being measured against someone who has had to work exponentially harder than themselves to get to the same level. So even though I, as a woman, have the same credentials as another man, um, I've actually had to work harder because I haven't been given the opportunities that he has. Right. Now, mind you, I, I'm a bad or example. Or the because of, like never being shut down. Like I have it, like, like people are like, wow, like you're, you're really not afraid to introduce yourself to people. It's like, yeah, but I've never really hit any obstacles. Like I yeah. grew up in church and everyone's like, hello, great to yeah. see you young man. Like, oh, like he's so funny. I never really hit any obstacles. So it's, whereas my wife has had a different experience where she is like, she has not, you know, her experience with talking to strangers is not the same as my experience with talking to strangers. And she's always like, why are right. you saying hi to this person? Just like, let's just enjoy our, our afternoon walk. But for me as a white dude, who's like, I'm in a different position for that, you know? Well, yeah, and, and, and so you, you raise a good point though, which is like, you're unafraid to say, or to ask for whatever and say hello to someone, but, if I were a black woman and I came up and I was as loud and energetic as you were, I would right. be taken as abrasive or, or offensive or whatever. Right. Right. Um, so the, the context of, of the same actions as what you would do versus someone else from with a different um, racial or socioeconomic background is, is going to make things harder for yes. that other person. Yeah, like you have to um, mind your P's and Q's more than, than you would. Absolutely. Because, because they, they would look at me and they'd be like, oh, like you, rem you remind me of, you remind me of my son. He looks just like you. Like, like I had that luxury, but the, a lot, like there's that, that shared socioeconomic experience. Sure. So I'm sure. relatable, but if you're not, sure. then it's different. Well, right. so, so to get back to your original question, the person who is being prevented from getting that job. It's not necessarily because someone said, oh, I'm not hiring them because they're a woman or no, I'm not hiring them because they're whatever race. Most of the time it's because they haven't been given the opportunities that they deserve because they've had to work two or three times harder than their counterpart who is male and or white. Right. Um, the, the other flip side of that is there are women who come from an older generation who actively prevent other younger women from getting to their level is it's a different mindset right like they came from a different generation so they had to work four or five times harder to get to where they are 
And they're like, well, I'm not going to make it easy for you just because you're of a, a different generation. Like, you got to earn this shit. Like, I earned it, so yeah. you got to earn it. And that's, yeah. and there's that, that little bit of that mentality. Right. I mean, um, a decade, two decades. Like, you know, like right. that's a long fucking time. That's a long yeah, time. Long yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so it's understandable why they, they say the things that they do or do the things that they do. I don't agree with it. Um, and I think now more than ever, women are like we have support systems like the wing tech ladies whatever like we have so many support groups now that allow um people women in particular to to lean on one another and and get them opportunities into or their foot in the door into those opportunities that they wouldn't have had otherwise yeah. um the, which is why we have so many like my old boss at droga five like he actively was looking for a woman to become head of design like he there there are people who are mentally and consciously looking to help um underrepresented persons be in these roles so that we have all kinds of voices in the room when yeah. we make critical decisions i think never before in human history have we had time to reevaluate our core values across the globe we're all going through it right now taking inventory of our life realizing what's important and and not, I can't help but think about how different it's going to be afterwards, but here's the thing. We're all human beings. So it's like, is it going to be different? Like if in two months they open it all up and slowly but surely people return to Washington Square Park and, you know, like, the, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's kind of a utopian view of looking at it, but how much do you think people are going to change after this? Uh, well, I mean, I, I agree. I don't think there's going to be like a switch that turns on again. That's like, all right, the world's up and running again. Um, but yeah. I, I do think I do think there are going to be quite a few changes. So um, me personally, like I love working from home. Um, so me too, yeah. this is this has actually been like a like a, it's been good and bad. On the one hand, I'm, I'm going stir crazy because who isn't going stir crazy? Yeah, but, um, but on the so other cute, hand, though. your dog is the cutest dog that's ever lived. Thank you. Can we get um, him here? No, she, she went downstairs. Okay. My dad was eating. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, on the one hand, you know, um, I, it, it's kind of a blessing because it, it shows people the capacity of um, what technology can give them in terms of their autonomy. Like w there's this weird culture that we have, especially in New York, um, where it's like your work is your whole attitude, right? Like your work is everything that you do. And, and if you're, if you're anybody, then you've worked at the best places and you have like the certain amount of clout and you're on, you know, Instagram famous and God knows what, um, yeah. in forcing us all to go home, it's suddenly like, okay, you're, you're surrounded, you're, you're faced with every day, everything that you are, you look yeah. in the mirror, you look at your things, you, you are, you are forced to self-actualize and self-realize what what your value is individually yeah. agnostic of whatever's happening with social media or whatever right. else or your own like personal yeah. beliefs right yeah right exactly yeah. so that's a great thing because it means we're empowering the individual um yes. and for and giving them enough of uh headspace and clarity to be able to come back to corporate america to businesses to agencies to whatever and say I am this person and I need to be this person and therefore I need these boundaries and I need these things in order to sustain a life that feels valuable to me. Yeah. Um, Most and people I have think, never had that before. I feel, I no, feel well, empathy for people that have Technology moves too fast. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, say that again. No, I feel bad for people that have never had this before. Like for me, yeah. like I'm used to getting fired and going home and looking at ducks and shit and just having way too much fucking time in my hands. I'm used <laughs> to that. I, I think there's a lot of people out there who, who are freaking the fuck out. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think- Outside of the trauma and, and the we, terrible news that it is, you know? Oh, I know. I, honestly, so like, this now more than ever is, um, it's a great, it's a great chance for us to, to slow down because technology moves so fast. Everything is instantaneous. Technology evolves twofold, threefold every quarter, not every year, you know? It's also a really good chance for us to kind of just evaluate what, why, why we had the work constraints that we had, right? right. Like, why were we in such a hurry? That's well, why yeah, a, a hurry, but also like, why did we need to be in the office eight hours a day, five days a week? You know, maybe sometimes it makes sense to like, I know in a, in a couple of Scandinavian countries, it's four days a week. And then you have kind of like a half day or, or just four days, you know, um, yeah. and and it gives it it's forcing us to have to give our our mental um clarity and give us our, and the mental space we need to to be able to be effective and if you can if you can find a rhythm in in an environment like this where shit is crazy anxiety is just kind of this umbrella that is hovering over everyone yeah. um the world is crazy right now right but if if you can if you can do find or find and do small habits that that allow you to be effective in an environment like this you will be exponentially more effective and set for when this is all a, a memory you know right yeah. so a lot of what i do is is habitual right i still maintain that i wake up and i shower and i brush my teeth and i and i get dressed and i do all of the things that are are common from the day-to-day -day of of pre-quarantine right yeah but then i also take a moment to recognize that this is also a privilege right i get to be home um i'm quarantining healthy, with my family more than anything healthy that's it healthy right. exactly yeah. and so so you know, what's really nice is I'll take a moment, you know, if it's the middle of the day and I'm tired and, I, and I'm not able to focus, I'm going to take a half hour nap. And I do, <laughs> you know, it's not because I'm being lazy. It's I not because I enjoy the art of ignoring people. Just be right, cool about exactly. it. Don't be total piece take the space you need. Yeah, exactly. So, so it, there's, while it sucks that we have to deal with this, like, insulated anxiety that we have going on in our lives um there there are moments and and small things that we can take advantage of that really will will benefit our mental health and the, and the way that we effectively work post covid-19 where can people yeah. find you online you're the shit i love you you're the best you're a fucking inspiration to me i'm sorry i was so crazy in the beginning i was total like add you weren't crazy you weren't yeah. crazy you're good it's your birthday this, man fucking this you came out good yo it did i'm very proud of you Okay, We're too ready to have like a proper drink for your birthday though but um okay. but yeah i mean like a range obviously out. if you're if, if on instagram this is my instagram um some fine tweets on twitter um great if there twitter, are questions great twitter. thank you if there you have any questions about deactivated my account yet you're probably like oh my god that's a lot of pressure <laughs> some fine tweets and what's the last yeah. one we can get it in there some fine, and, 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 and your instagram handle oh we're on Instagram live. Okay. Fine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. True.
It's been a five. <laughs> it's been a five. All right, you are the best. Peace out. Bye. It's all I got.